Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon. This is November the 17th. It's a Wednesday. You are listening to the COB podcast here from Ausbiz. I'm David Scott, or Scuddy as I'm known around Scuddy. here. And I'm joined today by Annette Beecher. Annette, uh, how was your day? Well, it was a day of, of probably macro exhaustion, shall we say, just with so much RBA speak yesterday, data today. So I think we get a bit of a macro break tomorrow. Back to stock watching. Yeah, let's uh, let's go to the stock story of the day because we can't escape what's going on in the CBA because it has ramifications about what's going on in the macro economy as well, of course. Uh, the Commonwealth Bank, uh, at the end of the day, down over 8%. Uh, now that outside no pockets of no uh, really big upheaval in markets, you're talking about GFC, you're talking about the plunge that we saw Black during Swan the pandemic. Stuff, yeah. yeah, Black Swan. As an individual company, it's the largest one-day decline that we've seen in over two decades. That's not a good record that, to have. And, and only from a trading update. And uh, look, the trading update, we know that it had a big run-up in its share value, and so we know there was mm. a lot of expectations built in. But my goodness, was anyone expecting that we'll be talking about 8% plunge in the uh, the largest bank in the country? No. I mean, for a long time, we were quite uh, happily reporting its way up and through $100. But I think today ended up at 98.8. So we can uh, say goodbye to that 100 level. Quite a few of our guests today were saying that CBA's multiples certainly just made it far more expensive than any of its big four brethren. So maybe it was just the shock the market needed. Yeah, and just looking across the other financials out there at the moment, uh, all the other big four down by 1% or more. NAB was the uh, was the best performer, we want to go and call it, and, uh, for the session with a decline of 1%. Even the material space as well, uh, we saw a bit of weakness in uh, those uh, commodity prices overnight. Uh, but not, uh, not kind of to the degree of what we're seeing here. And then looking at BHP, Fortescue, Rio Tinto, all down pretty sharply as well. Yeah, it's just one of those days, though, we were talking to Stake earlier and he was saying on a retail platform, you know, moves like this gets the gets the punters a little excited. So we'll just have to see if we see that retail space buy on dip because we all know banks and miners, they're dear to Aussie hearts, let's face it. We'll talk about inflation in just a moment, but uh, we know about margin pressures that are coming through because of inflationary pressures. Now, today we saw a new farm out with a pretty good uh, result, uh, all things being equal when it comes mm-hmm. to the revenue side of the ledger. But the cost increases to go and provide its products, it warned about that. Same story with United Malt Group as well. Uh, it's a real thematic we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. If firms cannot go and pass on those cost increases to their customers to just get smashed. Yeah, that's certainly our guests yesterday and today were having that discussion. One went as far to say, let's just throw value versus growth out the window. A thematic we pretty much flogged over February, March this year. Now it's pricing power. Who has pricing power? Who's got inelastic demand? That is the stock pickers' uh, themes of choice right now. Yeah, just looking across the uh, rest of the uh, other laggards for the session and the gold miners as well. We 
saw a bit of a tumble in the gold price overnight, albeit it's uh, still up quite substantially this month to date. But uh, looking across here, a lot of those gold miners also under pressure today. On the flip side, uh, AB Eagers was the uh, top performer in the 200. It had a, a reaffirmed guidance. And uh, you can see the market like that. Anything can go and uh, give some clarity and some certainty out there. Certainly, it seems to be welcome pretty well. Uh, looking across here, EML Payments uh, no, also had a, a bit of a guidance update as well, up uh, close to 4% as well. Uh, yeah, looking across here, Mesoblast uh, up 3.4%. So that's actually small. It's been a roller coaster ride, old Mesoblast. <laughs> so let's uh, let's go get to our stock of the day, uh, Unity Group. Uh, I believe uh, Unity was out uh, earlier on today as well. Uh, let's go and see what our experts had to go and say about that stock. So we sat down today. It was uh, it was uh, Nadine today, and uh, we sat down with Henry Jennings from Marcus today, and also Andrew Villant from DP Wealth Advisory to go and get uh, their take about the other uh, result that we saw today. It's a ripper. It's a ripper. I like it a lot. It's uh, it's a great business. It's really well run. It's uh, got an excellent management team. Ticks a number of boxes. It's an infrastructure company. You know, when when you're buying a company, you're looking for a trigger. What's the impetus? So you know, you've got a double trigger today. You've said to the company, hey, we're going to buy back ten percent or up to ten percent of our shares, and things are going better than what you thought. So uh, to me, that's a green light. It's a buy. Announced the share buyback. They've also said that they would take the share buyback off the table if they saw some opportunities. Clearly, they're doing well in their in their chosen field. Uh, they've got uh, you know the fiber to the premises market. They're really doing well. It's a greenfields business as well, connecting new homes to the fiber to the premises. It's got great management. It's been going really well. Um, it's for me, it's a buy. So there we have it. Uh, it's already in the portfolio, so we're not going to go and, uh, and double down. It remains there, but I can tell you the uh, the reval on the portfolio following that result today, uh, Unity Group was up eight and a half percent. Uh, which is pretty nice. It'll earn it, all things considered, oh, given say, the broader earned, market. It earned its spot because, as we know, here in the Calls Fantasy portfolio, it has to have two thumbs up to either go in or stay in, so it earned it today. All right, we know the IBA has been talking to its blue in the face about not <laughs> raising rates until 2024, wants to go and see wage pressures back above a three-point something to go and get uh, you know, the underlying inflation rate sustainably within their target range. We've got the wage price index for Australia out today, and that's 2.2% uh, year on year. Back to where it was before the pandemic, but uh, what were some of the insights from an economic lens you can go and share with us? Oh, I guess number one is at least it was 1.7. So 1.7 to 2.2 on a chart tells us the trough is here, if you want to call that a positive. The uh, private sector led the way because there's quite a few public sector wage freezes on at the moment. So that's running at two and a half. And the only thing I could find, and I think the AFR picked up on it, was... Uh, the only individual industry sector with a three-handle that the RBA is looking for is white-collar workers or in ABS-speak professional services. There we go. I didn't look at media, nor, nor do I want to as well. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure that uh, we're doing a great job regardless out there at the moment. Uh, look, looking at what we're doing, so we need to get access to information to go and get a, a sense as to what's going on because we know economic conditions not only here but around the world are evolving very quickly. Now, one of the criticisms we have about some of the Australian data is that the key ones that we look at, which is the inflation prints yep. and also the, uh, the wage price index from today, they're quarterly releases. So we're not going to go and hear about what mm -hmm. trends are taking place from an official standpoint 
for months. Months. Yeah, we were talking about this off-air because you can also toss in GDP, which is quarterly, largely around the world, so I won't be too brutal on that. But let's face it, Q3 is likely the trough. Half of us are in lockdown. Let's face it, we're all waiting for a good report. But by the time we wait for the next CPI, the next wages and the next GDP report, you know, that's the first week of March 2022 is when we next get round-the-ground details of how the end of uh, 21 finished. It's just not good enough. So the obvious question is, should the ABS be funded to go and do that? And should we – we talk about technology and advancements all the time here. Mm. Is it time for not only funding but the ABS to go and use sort of more skimming power to go and get a real-time sense as to what is evolving with prices? Well, they should. I mean, uh, in the ABS, I'll, I will give them some kudos. I mean, we did get monthly payrolls. We did get uh, you know more – monthly and weekly wages data throughout the pandemic. So the technology is there to get moving. We've got preliminary as well as final retail sales, but I think they're still holding out for the big dollars to actually produce what matters, which is monthly CPI. I mean, in the old days, there was a, a clipboard and a pencil and go to Coles and Woolworths in the major capital cities. Of course, this is now all online. It can be easily skimmed and put together. So whoever gets my vote will be whoever gives us more timely data because we're already worried that the RBA is behind the curve and if it keeps waiting for quarterly data it's only going to get worse next year. We had some great interviews on the program today discussing what's going on in the inflation front and what central banks will do and the investment implications. We had a good chat with Daniel Silak from uh, Capstream Capital. Uh, also uh, Angus Geddes from Fat Profits as, uh, as well and uh, also Dwight Evans from State Street and we had a really good uh, conversation as well with Tai Hui from JP Morgan, of course, mm-hmm. uh, he's the chief market uh, strategist for Asia Pack when it comes to, yep. uh, to uh, JP Morgan. What were some of the other takeaways from that one? Well, Tai Hui is, has a, a big picture view and the two things that he sort of drew out for us is that uh, in his last client note, he said, you know, last time the taper tantrum in 13-14 was just dire for emerging markets and market dislocation. He said that's not the case this time around, so we don't need to worry too much about uh, market volatility into next year. And secondly, we put the question to him that, you know, China, is it looking at cheap? with a lot of investors deserting uh, the equity sector there. And he basically said, yes, it is. There are some near-term challenges. We all know about regulation and property challenges. But he basically said on a two- to three-year horizon, China's looking cheap, so take a listen. Yeah, so it's looking cheap. I'll tell you something, it's not looking cheap. It's anything to do with the metaverse and uh, the (laughs) the fourth industrial revolution. We keep hearing about augmented reality, virtual reality and the like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nadine and myself, we uh, we sat down today with uh, Telsite's fellow Fadagi. And uh, when it asked him about some of the trends we're seeing when it comes to mobile phone, handsets, technology, and where it's developing, what the demand trends are. And we asked him about how are things progressing when it comes to that augmented reality and he said only at this stage about 25 percent, so a quarter of the uh, the population here in australia is actually interested in it uh oh, gave wow. it gave us a few insights as to what uh, what could go so and change one, one in four are even talking about it yeah so just actually showing the interest in it at this stage so mm. it shows that i uh, know whilst uh, public sentiment can go and change very quickly we know that there is some uh, work to go and to actually improve that uh, that knowledge base and that mm. interest level. I'm not sure that uh, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, little virtual meeting <laughs> thing that he put up to, to go and get us excited about it did the other uh, trick, but uh, there is still time to go and work on those trends. 
Or maybe a bit of summer reading for everyone to catch up to living in a world like Minecraft, like my teenagers used to do. Head always on the phone, I guess. It uh, <laughs> seems to be the way amongst the teenagers out there at the moment. Uh, as we go to where, I can just go and see here that uh, e-mini futures in the United States are currently flat. Uh, the rest of Asia, with the exception of, uh, of China, is, uh, is also down. So a bit of a wobble. We'll see what happens overnight. But, uh, Net, how about we go and cool our heels and uh, we'll see everyone bright and early on Thursday morning. We sure will. Just keep a quick eye out for Canadian CPI because that's the other central bank that's pretty quick to push that trigger when it comes to hiking. So we'll kick off with that. 8.30 tomorrow, all the news.